The Pilgrimage of the Heart Philosophy Exploration is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. You guys familiar at all with this story? Probably not. Okay. So by, uh, let's see. By way of explanation... We've got an event going on on Earth where there's a king who, after 60,000 years of ruling the Earth, is, still doesn't have a son to take over the kingdom. So he calls in his priest to ha- do a sacrificial fire to appease the gods to grant him children. And so um, the priest is uttering the prayers. He's uttering the prayers and putting the clarified butter on the fire it's creating the smoke, which is, in, which is what the gods feed on. They, it's their food, this sacrificial smoke. So it's going up, and there's Indra up in heaven, the lord of the storm and, and the thunderbolt. And so we enter the scene of heaven, and it's a mess. There's, there's, um, there's been a huge battle in heaven, and Indra who's on the side of goodness, has lost. He's been defeated by the evil Ravana. And so Indra's really, he's, um, he's, he's furious. So he grabs a big rock, flies up to the highest heaven, which is described as the realm beyond change. So in, in Indra's heaven, in that higher realm, it's still, uh, you know, it's like longer inhalations and exhalations versus, you know, when we're frustrated and we're, you know, short breathing, little thoughts. Up in this realm of heaven, it's longer, but it's still, things are still changing. It's a realm of change, even though it takes longer cycles, though. Um, but then he flies up to the highest realm beyond all change, and that's where uh, Brahma, the Lord of the universe. And in the Indian cosmology, there's Brahma, which represents the creative force of existence, there's Vishnu, who is the sustainer. He upholds existence. And then there's Shiva, the transformer. So, uh, so we're here, and uh, Indra has flown up to, to heaven, and he's talking to Brahma. And Brahma says, Brahma held out a silver bowl of soma wine. So in the ancient Indian writings, this soma wine is like the elixir of consciousness. And Indra swiftly drank it down. Then he sighed again, but smiling. Brahma too drank and looked carefully at Indra. God of rain, said Brahma, let the pain go. Where is Vishwakarma, the architect of heaven? He is always by himself somewhere, said Indra. Put him back to work, rebuild heaven, said Brahma. Indra squeezed his arms and said, Besides all the rest, 
Ravana himself enjoys the food men sacrifice to us gods and basks in our smoke. Destroyed are the gardens in heaven that once made my eyes happy and my heart sing. Now there is no song heard, and I fear even to go down to the sacrifice of the Ayodhya king, Dasharatha. And so what had been happening earlier is the, on earth the smoke was going up, but all the demons were swooping down and, and grabbing the food, the, the sacrificial food, before the gods could get to it. So Indra's saying, you know, they've eaten all this food. I'm even now afraid to go down to earth because of all these demons. So Brahma, Brahma said, remember how to speak the old language with me. Ravana is careless. He has long been careless. Stop your suffering and raise your head. The king will reach his desires. Four sons will be his. Take the king's offerings and no one will stop you. Keep out of Ravana's sight and be patient. Do not fight him again and how can you be defeated? Think before and not after you act. And so in, in, that, in that paragraph, there's some really good advice for our lives. So first Brahma says to Indra, remember how to speak the old language with me. So what would that be? What would the old language be? Philip, what would be the old language? <laughs> so, to my mind, the old language is the language of peace, the language of um, harmony, of balance. So Indra's just been through this huge battle, and he's in the moment, he's all frazzled. And Brahma says, okay, remember, let's remember back, speak the old language when there was peace. So he brings... Brahma, I mean, brings Indra first to like a state of calmness. Then he, he, he project, he tells him the future of things. He says, Ravana has been careless because in becoming super powerful, Ravana made one or two little mistakes that are going to be his weakness, like Achilles, you know, when Achilles gets dipped in the um, pool of immortality, the weaknesses where, the, I forget who dipped him in, but on his Achilles heel was, was, this, was his one weakness. And so Ravana has, has a weakness. <clears throat> so he says that he's been careless, which happens a lot of times when we're greedy and we're selfish, we're careless. You know, we don't think of everything, we're not thinking really clearly, and so we make some mistakes. So he says, don't worry, Ravana's been careless. Stop your, stop your suffering and raise your head. Dasharatha will reach his desire. So he's like projecting, he's showing them, hey, everything's going to be okay. This is all going to work out. And then he gives him the advice. Keep out of Ravana's sight and be patient. So a lot of times in our own lives when there's trouble around, you know, we know there's trouble coming, we can feel it, stay out of sight and be patient. Because a lot of times we tend to rush in and move too quickly. Whereas if we can stay out of trouble, sight and be patient. And then he says, do not fight him again. Don't fight him again. And then how can you be defeated? 
So, you know, your, your suffering right now is because you were defeated. And so a lot of times when we go into conflict, it's out of pride. And so you can apply that to, like, world situations. You know, whether it's the pride of a person or the pride of a country or whatever. Um, so we storm in out of pride. Defeat comes and, and suffering. Whereas if we had been more patient and not been proud, we could have just... We could have stayed back from it and not, never been defeated and never suffered. And then finally he says, think before and not after you act. Sounds like something my mom was constantly telling my sister and I. Think about what you're doing. Think about it. Think about it. And I watch my sister now doing the same thing with her kids. Just trying, trying to get them to think. Because <laughs> we, we tend to act just from impulse from emotions from you know what the what's happening in the moment and we don't think things through and so it's a really it's a call to something that every human being or yeah or all most human beings can do is think but a lot of times we don't do it we don't use one of our greatest abilities which is to think So Indra's heard all this, and now he's feeling good. It says, Indra's weariness was gone. Then he says, Indra said, Like the poor earth, my heaven themselves are now proved, flawed and fleeting, fast-dying and stricken by devilish demons. Have a care for my world. I am Lord of the gods. I am not weak like a mere man. I am Indra of a thousand sacrifices. Destroyer of cities, Indra of the Thunder Hand, Lord of Paradise, Lord of Lightnings, and a demon beast overcame me. Brahma spoke, Indra, be ashamed, be silent. Brahma refilled their soma bowls. What can I do? I never lie, and I do not know every answer. So as soon as Indra's feeling good again, here comes his pride. I'm the, I'm the Lord of the Thunderbolt. I should defeat them. How could they? And so once, as soon as he feels good, he's been healed from his suffering by Brahma. Brahma pulls away his weariness, and then here comes his pride again. And so Brahma tells him, be silent. Gives him some more of the Soma. Tries to raise his consciousness a little more. And then Brahma's kind of at the end of being able to answer Indra's questions because Indra still wants to know what's going to happen and why did this happen. And so Brahma basically says, you know, I never lie and I also don't know everything. So he's kind of done with trying to be able to help him. Indra asked, who knows then? Go to Narayana, said Brahma. Only Narayana knows. Or maybe he doesn't. But for myself, where can I find the end, where the beginning, where the middle of all this? Ask Narayana, how was Ravana careless? Then obey the mantras of Vashishta. So Vashishta is the, um, the priest on earth who's pouring the Soma. Obey the mantras. And so Narayana is another name for Vishnu. So I said there's Brahma, which is the creative energy, Vishnu, 
which is the energy that upholds and preserves. And another name for Vishnu is Narayana. So all the, all the, being, all the deities have multiple names, depending on a specific aspect. And so Brahma says, I don't know, how can I, how can I know the beginning? How can I, where can I find the end, where the beginning, where the middle? Which is kind of a beautiful way to look at it. That there's this huge creation going on, and when we want answers, you know, why did this happen? Why is this happening? You know, what happened before this? What, you know, we're always looking for causation and trying to understand everything. Whereas at the same, at, that's one way to do it, and it can be really helpful. But another is to also just try to enter into a deeper consciousness and just feel that this is all a huge play of existence. And you can't always figure everything out. And then he tells him, last thing he tells him is obey the mantras. Obey the mantras that you're hearing. Which is an interesting way to look at, like when we're sitting meditating. So imagine if we're, we're sitting here meditating and Pujari's playing the harmonium and everyone's chanting Om and Shanti. And one way to look at reality is that there's a higher realm and up there there's these beings, these embodiments of love, of compassion. And that when we're sitting down here in this room, we're, we're um, chanting mantras, whether it's out loud, Om Shanti, or you're, you're um, breathing in, repeating compassion or empathy. And that you're actually drawing down these energies from a, from a higher realm. So the idea that, that these realms are real, it's not that we're creating them, but rather we're making space for these energies to flow down into the earth consciousness. So it can give a nice, an, another way of thinking about your meditation. Because sometimes I think we think kind of like we're still in school. Like I have to figure out mathematics and it's about putting my thoughts together a certain way and so now I'm trying to figure out meditation and it's about like, we just think it's us doing it. Whereas this brings in a bigger cosmology that these vast energies exist and if we chant the right mantras, if we put our mind in the right space, then these energies will flow down. They're just waiting up there to come into this realm. Because no one goes where they're not, you, you don't really go where you're not wanted or not invited. So, so one way to look at meditation is inviting these energies. Indra went to Narayana, the Lord Vishnu, the soul of the universe. Narayana sat watching Indra approach. Indra pressed his hands together touched his brow, and bent his head low to Narayana's feet. You know, which is the traditional namaste, put your hands to your heart, bow. Searcher of hearts, I bow to you. I have still faith in the good law of Dharma. Indra looked up past Narayana's wide, dark chest, crossed by a neck chain of sapphires, 
up into the gods' great joyful black eyes, wide as lotus petals. Narayana in his yellow saffron summer robes smiled down at Indra. Yes, a good enough fight, said Narayana. No fear, Lord of Gods. Indra asked, O Narayana, how shall we bring down Ravana? Because of Brahma's boon is the demon king strong and for no other cause of his own. And so the demon king Ravana, the reason he's so powerful is he sat on earth for 10,000 years meditating and he meditated so powerfully the heat from his meditation, which in the Indian, you know the idea of the, um, the fire, uh, tapas, tapas is like the spiritual fire, the kundalini fire, this fire. So Ravana was such a great seeker, he sat meditating for 10,000 years, created the fire, but then the fire started to melt heaven. So Brahma went down and said, hey, could you please stop meditating? I'll, I'll grant you any wish. And so then Ravana asked for immortality. Which again is, is that whole thing of what do you ask for when you realize you can get whatever you want? Which is what happens in meditation. As you learn to meditate and hold your mind calm and focused, you develop a great power, which is the power to be able to visualize and create your life and the things you want. So then the big question rises up, well, what do you want? And one of the core things is just the ego desire to rule and be powerful. And so this is the, the energy Ravana gives into. So he says, okay, I want immortality. So Brahma says, fine. Gives it to him to save heaven. So that's why he says, because of Brahma's boon is Ravana strong and for no other cause of his own. Help me. You are my only refuge. There is no other for me. I will gather my storms again and attack Ravana in his city of Lanka. Give me your permission to fight Ravana once more. So Indra is like, I want to go to battle, which is the exact opposite advice Brahma just gave him. Brahma said, don't fight, be patient. And right, right away he's going and saying to Narayana, hey, set me up for the battle. Um, I'm ready to go to, to war again. Never, said Narayana. Don't you understand that Brahma's words are always true? Do not falsify the three spheres of life. So the three spheres are earthly realm, the heavenly realm, and then the infinite. I would not have let you fight in the first place, though you were right to resist Ravana. You were right to resist, and Ravana was wrong. Ravana asked Brahma, so when, when Ravana got the boon, what he said to Brahma was, let me be unslayable by every creature of heaven and of the underworlds. Oh, so I was wrong there. So when, he, when he's talking about the three realms, he means the, the lower realm, the underworld, this world, 
and then the heavenly world. So those are the three realms. So Narayana says, don't, don't insult the three realms, the three spheres. And so when Ravana asked for his boon of immortality, he basically said, let me be unslayable by every creature of heaven and of the underworld. And Brahma promised, so it came to be. That boon is unbreakable. Yet, I will cause Ravana's death. That is the truth. Only ask me. Only ask me. So, so Narayana is saying, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to deal with this. Ravana asked to be, can't be killed by anyone in heaven, can't be killed by anyone in the underworld. So, I'll take care of this. Ah, said Indra. From disdain, Ravana did not mention men or animals and took no, no safeguard against them. He eats men, they are his food, and why should he fear them? Lord, on earth life resembles hell again. We need you again. Look at us, see us, and bless us. For the good of all the world, Lord Narayana, accept birth as a man. I already have. Waves of happiness washed over Indra. Dark blue Narayana, clad in yellow, become four. So remember the four sons that the king's going to have. Put aside the shell trumpet, the razor-edged chakra, the lotus and mace you hold in your four hands. Empty your dark hands. Descend into the borrowed and fanciful world of men, desperate and glittering. Become Dasharatha's four sons of blood and seed. Take your goddess wife, your goddess wife, Lakshmi, and let her be your mortal wife. We will go down, said Narayana. Lord, kill him, kill Ravana forever. I hate that proud and pampered Rakshasha, which is a demon. Favor me and curse him. Give to death his faces torn apart. Dry away our fear as the sun dries morning dew. I will, said Narayana. Listen, Vashishta begins to call you to earth with songs, to the kingdom by the sleepy river. So that's really a quite a beautiful passage. Because there, there they are. <clears throat> so Robin has forgot to ask, don't let men be able to kill me. Because they're his food. He's not even afraid of them at all. <clears throat> and so Indra sees, sees the, the fallacy in what he's asked for. And then he realizes. So Narayana, the, the highest being, descends to earth. And so that's that's one of the principles, that's the idea of the avatar in the Indian philosophy, the idea that the highest realm of, of existence embodies itself in human form and comes to earth to be a huge guidepost for humanity. And so in the Indian philosophy, the Indian tradition would say that Krishna was this type of avatar, Jesus was this type of avatar, the Buddha was this type of avatar, and some others. And that, in the, has anyone read the Bhagavad Gita? 
Okay, so in the Bhagavad Gita, which is the story of Krishna, Krishna says to his disciple, he says, you know, when the, when the evil spirits rise the highest, when truth has been lost, when men's hearts are covered with lies, then I descend. And so this is the situation we have on earth right now. The demons are eating all the, all the um, sacrifices. It's all gone really dark. And so, because the, the dark forces... <clears throat> um, and you know, if you ever like, you know, like, you read this and then you see um, film film reel of like Nazi Germany and World War II or horrible wars, it really like resonates. Like, yeah, sometimes life, sometimes Earth does become a living hell. And so the um, the idea being that the highest does in those times descend to come down to um, to deal with things at this level. And so, as they're speaking, Indra says, please, go, go. And Narayana says, I'm all, I've already done it. But then the act has to take place. So he says, okay. Then, then Narayana's saying, you know, let go of your mace, let go of the things in your hands, start to melt, become four. So he's like, um, helping the great Lord do this. He's like, saying the things to allow it to happen. And um, meanwhile, we're down back, Vashishta's uttering the prayers. So it's a, um, everyone's involved in this. Okay. (laughs) So um, again, the book is the Ramayana, and we have it on sale before the class if you want to get a copy and catch up with the story if if you're not familiar with where we're at till this moment. And yeah, hopefully you can look at your own life and see the, um, the challenges that are there. See your own ego. There's Ravana in each of us. Um, but there's also Narayana and Brahma. And all of these energies are at play within our own psyche, our own consciousness. And it's one way to help you deal with life is to see these different elements and personify them. Because they're, they're, all, they're all a part of us. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.